but but what this stanza catches, it goes back into the the previous prophecy of chapter 39, and people are sad, and, and they are uh, they are in deep deep trouble. And, and, and you can see that here in the um, in the song text. She has suffered many a day, but now her griefs have passed away, and God will change her pining sadness. Five hundred years ago, Martin Luther would gather around the kitchen table with friends and theologians to talk about the Bible, theology, current events, and anything else. These discussions were called table talks. No matter what the question, the conversations always centered around Jesus and his promise of the forgiveness of sins. Table Talk Radio takes up the conversation, bringing the promise of the gospel to our lives. Stay tuned for Table Talk Radio. You tuned in for a great Table Talk Radio today, for today is the day we play Don't Forget the Lyrics. We all know how great Pastor Wolf Miller is at that. You love this game only because I never I never can get the lyrics. Do you sing oh. hymns at your church? <laughs> <laughs> it's hard to tell sometimes. No, I'm just oh, kidding. Brother. All right, after that we're playing uh, Which Ladder. Uh, you who listen to Table Talk Radio know what that's about, but uh, very briefly, we, re- we read a quote and decide uh, which ladder the person is trying to climb in the quotation. And we'll finish that's up my with game. Table Talk Jeopardy. So that's the lineup for this edition. That's also my favorite game. You can't have more than one favorite game. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't, too. I'm the host. <laughs> okay. <laughs> you, you can't tell me what I can and can't do. You're not the boss of me. I can tell you what you can't do. You can't finish the stanzas of today's hymn for, le- <laughs> for Don't Forget the Lyrics. We had a special guest on the line for this edition of Don't Forget the Lyrics, and that is Dr. Leonard Payton. He's the uh, pastor at St. John Brown's Corners, Wisconsin. Uh, pastor Payton, thank you for joining us. Well, thank you and uh, he's he's the the uh, special guest for the expert of this hymn that we're singing for don't forget the lyrics and it's a special advent hymn uh, comfort comfort ye my people and uh, before if we before we play the first stanza for pastor wolfmuller uh would you may you just give us a brief background of this hymn dr payton yeah this is a uh, uh, what we would call a metrical version of the first few verses of isaiah chapter 40 a metrical version, we, you know, we have a, a history of, of metrical psalms. Uh, for example, uh, from depths of woe I call uh, to thee uh, is a metrical version of Psalm 130 um, by Luther. Out of the depths have I cried unto thee, O Lord, hear my voice. Um, but anyway, the metrical uh, settings of portions of Scripture is a time-honored way of getting it into the people's voice easier to remember things that are set more in kind of poetic rhyming uh, and, and simple rhythmic patterns. So this, this deals with Isaiah chapter 40, verses 1 through uh, 5. Very good. And let's play the first stanza to see if Pastor Wolfner can figure out the last line. Comfort, comfort ye my people. Speak ye peace, thus saith the God. Comfort those who sit in darkness, mourning neath their sorrows load. 
Speak ye to Jerusalem of the peace that waits for them. Tell her that her sins I cover. And da 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 da. How's that? <laughs> Did you answer? Oh, we got and. Good job, and. and okay. So tell tell her that her sins I cover and. Uh, <laughs> this is a terrible game. Who invented this game? Uh, All right, you. you better give it to us. You better give it to us, Evan. And her warfare now is over. The Lord, and then it has this beautiful in the in the text that she has received double for all of her sins. Her warfare is over. the The war against sin, death, and the devil has ended. Beautiful stuff, uh, but no points for me there. Doctor Payton, tell us about this first stanza. What's going on? Well, what's happening here? You really have to back up into Isaiah chapter thirty nine. Uh, there, Hezekiah was mortally ill, and he uh, prayed. And the Lord extended his life 15 years. Well, at that point, some people from a faraway place Hezekiah had never really heard of, they, they heard this news and they came to congratulate him. And, and uh, they happened to be from Babylon. And Hezekiah uh, was so happy, he just showed them everything. You know, he showed them the treasure in his house and the treasure in his temple. He took those Gentiles right into the tre- uh, temple, evidently, or at least brought out everything and showed it all uh, to them. And it was it was fabulous riches. These guys probably were just the jaws were on the ground and drooling, and amazed. And and uh, and, and the, the subtext to that, you kind of have to listen carefully. But 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 they get the message that Hezekiah bought off his God. Hezekiah. You know, if you're very, very... It's a theology of glory story. And Isaiah then comes to Hezekiah and says, <laughs> uh, Sorry, uh, those guys that you showed, uh, all that stuff to, they'll be back. And when they come back, they're going to take it all. Those are the Babylonians. Well, um, it's, a, it's a grim ending of Isaiah chapter 39. And, and then on the heels of that comes this beautiful poetry, comfort, Comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly. And so now, yeah, you sinned. Your sin was a minus two, but you get a plus four of blessing from God. A double portion of blessing in, in, in absolute value over your, your sin. That's great, great comfort on the heels of that miserable. Uh, Hezekiah is a great king. He's a marvelous king. But that's the low point in his life right there. In fact, in those 15 years, he conceived uh, Manasseh, who was the worst of, of the kings of, uh, of Judah, the southern king. More evil than anyone else. More than Ahab in the north and his descendants. Ah, those points when we're having our, our... I mean, it's like Peter at the Transfiguration. You know, you have your high point or, 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 or actually his great confession. You have your high point and look out. That's when Satan will broadside you. 
That's right. Uh, that's uh, great, great uh, uh, comfort, as, as you said. Let, let's we'll go ahead and play the second stanza before this break. We've got about uh, four minutes till we get to the commercial break. So let's start the second stanza. Pastor Wolfman, are you ready? Uh, as ready as I can get, I guess. Well, here you go. Yea, her sins our God will pardon, blotting out each dark misdeed, all that well deserved his anger. He no more will see or heed. She hath suffered many a day, now her griefs have passed away. God will change her pining sadness and will give her lots of gladness. <laughs> yeah, yeah, lots. That that's what the hymn lots. <laughs> heaps and heaps. Loads. <laughs> I, I couldn't figure out how to say eternal gladness. Oh, boy. Here's here's the um. last line. Into ever-springing gladness. Ever-springing. Yes. Oh, I should have known. Although I think lots fits great, too. <laughs> that was pretty close. I think I should get a point or two for that. Okay, two points. All right, two points. Uh, Doctor uh, Doctor Payton, uh, we have a couple minutes before the break. Uh, maybe start telling us about this uh, the second stanza. Well, we we were already talking about it and the whole business of receiving double portion of blessing for in place of our our iniquity there. Um, but but what this stanza catches that is it it goes back into the the previous prophecy of chapter thirty nine, and people are sad. And, and they are, uh, they are in deep, deep trouble. Uh, but uh, and, and, and you can see that here in the um, in the song text. She hath suffered many a day, um, but now her griefs have passed away, and God will change her pining sadness. Pining sadness. That's a, you know, we just don't use that kind of language now. But the the idea that that you you're just kind of well, here's here's the language we use now, depression. Uh, where, where, where people just are, 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 are paralyzed with, with, with whatever heavy load they have upon them. And, and it's God who changes that. You, know, we, we, you, you can't bootstrap your own self out of that. God will change her pining sadness, sadness into ever-springing gladness. That's wonderful. Uh, this um, hymn comes at the uh, in the Advent section of the hymnal, and uh, as we are uh, now in Advent, uh, at least we will be when this plays. Uh, and so maybe when we get back from this break, uh, Dr. Payton, you can describe a little bit about this Advent season, what Advent is and what it means, and uh, how this hymn speaks to that. I think you've uh, talked about that already, uh, but we'll, we'll discuss that more in detail right after this break. Uh, you're listening to Table Talk Radio. Don't forget to visit our, our website, tabletalkradio.org. And on the uh, website, you can find uh, lots of things. We have articles written by Pastor Wolfmuller, um, none that I've participated in. Yeah, before. yeah, I was wondering about that. Any articles from Seminary and Gagline yet? Uh, no. Um, and then also <laughs> we have a forum. I do write in the Even forum. Even another reason to another reason to visit, I think. <laughs> no <laughs> articles by the Radio Clown. Hey, but, but the, I do I do write in the forum from time to time, so you can uh, visit the forum. 
And uh, mm. see, I like interaction. You like you like writing an article, and no one can can say anything about it. But I like inter- right. interacting with our listeners, both of them. So. <laughs> <laughs> All right, we'll take a commercial break. We'll be right back. More Table Talk Radio right after this break. Table Talk Radio. The games are just an excuse. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Uh, Dr. Payton, before the break, we we're talking about this this hymn, Comfort, Comfort Ye My People, comes in the Advent season. Would you talk a little bit about Advent for us? Uh, Advent means coming. And really, it's, it, it's, uh, it's all the comings of Christ. Uh, his coming in the flesh, his coming again at the, uh, the end of time and the last day. In fact, really, the first Sunday of Advent... Uh, is is uh, more focused on on that the the second coming of Christ as a fulfillment of the end of the previous church year the 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 the, the Sunday before the first Sunday in Advent is the Sunday of the fulfillment uh, where we uh, deal with the last judgment but as Advent progresses it moves more towards the actual nativity of our Lord and so. The, uh, the the themes and the characters begin to lean that way more, and in fact, the the big uh, precursor to that is uh, John the Baptist. Second Sunday of Advent it usually focuses on on John the Baptist in some way, and uh, we get some of that in this hymn because uh, Isaiah talks about John the Baptist in in uh, chapter forty here. So we you know we probably should go ahead and and hear uh, stanza three and see where that goes. And we will wish the best of luck to Pastor Wolfmuller. Yeah, this is a hint now. John the Baptist. I'm thinking John the Baptist when I finish this stanza here. So Here it is. There you go. Hark the herald's voice is crying In the desert far and near Calling sinners to repentance since the kingdom now is here, oh, that warning cry obey. Now prepare for God away. Let the valleys rise to meet him. And the people go to greet him. Very. No, 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 not yet. Think, think about this. What what oh, would be the opposite of valleys? A mountains. Let the uh, l- uh, l- let the mountains fall to meet him. Well, that's better. Okay. Let the mountains crumble to meet him. Let the mountains be brought low to meet him. Okay, fine. I'm locking in the lyrics. Locking them in. That's pretty good. That's pretty here, good. here it is. And the hills bow down to greet him. Ah, the hills bow down. 
Should have known that. This is a beautiful uh, how the Psalms uh, speak of the hills leaping for joy, the trees clapping their hands. Here now the hills bow down to meet Jesus, the Lord of creation, who's come to His own. Beautiful lyrics. Too bad I don't know them better. Uh, well, I got the rhyme again. Are you going to give me two more mercy points? Yeah, two more mercy, mercy points. Four points total. Appreciate that. Thank you. So, so what? Four out of ten now? Is that? Is that... <laughs> no, four. A uh, four out of six hundred, I think. <laughs> oh, I okay. So, hark the herald's voice is crying. Um, that's that's John the Baptist. A voice cries in the wilderness: Prepare the way of the Lord. Make straight in the desert a highway for our God. There he is, big as life. And of course, um, the Pharisees came to John in, in the Gospel of John, chapter 1, said, Who are you? Why are you doing this? He said, I'm the voice of one uh, crying in the wilderness, make straight the way of the Lord. And, of course, he was uh, quoting directly from this passage in Isaiah, chapter 40, that we then uh, sing here and, and comfort, comfort ye, my people. John the Baptist, you know, the, this this particular prophecy is a is a... The Advent hymns uh, have hit a number of landmines. Um, sometimes, uh, and, and especially as we translate into English, we seem to really step in it big. Uh, and, and the landmine is this. You fix up your heart to meet the Savior as he's coming. Well, what do you make of that? Can you do that? Uh, I've, I've been trying, and it's not going so well. doesn't work very well, does it? <laughs> And, and, you know, we confess this. Uh, you know, I believe that I cannot, by my own reason or strength, believe in Jesus Christ, my Lord, or come to him. We, we understand that. You know, a, a, a dead thing cannot make itself alive. So, you know, the, the trick in, in the, the, the Advent calls of John the Baptist is to recognize uh, that God has already given you life. You know, he's already spoken life into you. Uh, and, and we understand that from baptism. You know, we, we were born again in baptism. Well, if you're born again, if you have newness of life, then when God speaks to you, he's not speaking to a dead thing. He's speaking to a living thing that may have been a little bit churlish and wandered off in some wrong direction. And, uh, and, and that's great to focus on the speaking of God. I mean, because it's John the Baptist, the last of the prophets, who comes with God's word to to raise up the valleys and cast down the mountains. The, the way I understand that is, um, is that John the Baptist comes as a preacher of repentance, so those who are despairing that they've lost the chance at God's grace are, are comforted with the coming of the kingdom, and those who have exalted themselves, the mountains or the hills, are those that in their pride have, uh, have rejected their need for Christ, and, John, and those, the Pharisees and stuff, John lays low. The axe is at the root of the tree to chop it down. And so the word of the Lord, which comes in law and gospel, is that is what is preparing the way for Christ uh, in the world and and in our in our churches, in our families, and our with ourselves as well. Uh, so we we rejoice that this is the Lord's work in us. Well, uh, does that mean, Pastor Wolfman, you are ready for the, an attempt at this last stanza? If you say so, uh, it's been pretty good so far. This is the last stanza now, so I know it's going to end with Amen. <laughs> okay. Uh, no, it doesn't. <laughs> no, I was going to let him be under that impression. <laughs> okay. All right, let's have it. Here it is. 
Make ye straight what long was crooked. Make the rougher places plain. Let your hearts be true and humble, as befits his holy reign. For the glory of the Lord, now o'er earth is shed abroad, and all flesh shall see the token that his word is never broken. There it is. Oh, so man. <laughs> You just lost points here, but that's okay. Yeah, 195 points for that one. Oh, is that it? Is that did I get it? You nailed it. That's it. Nailed it. Diggity dog. Uh huh. Wow. Now, no, no, no. Here's, of course, this is this is the money verse right here, stanza four. Uh, And all flesh shall see the token. It's not a Christian hymn if you don't talk about Jesus. And there he is. There he is. He is the token that God's word is never broken. And everyone gets to see him. And you can only see him when he's up high enough that all eyes can see him. So what are we talking about here? Sounds like the cross. Yeah, sure it is. And here it is from Isaiah 40, verse 5. And the glory of the Lord shall be revealed, and all flesh shall see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken. Yeah, I mean, this this is a hymn to know. This, if you can only know twenty hymns, this is one. I think this is a fine, fine hymn. Yeah, very, very beautiful hymn, and and uh, the the cross that you said is, is proclaimed in this uh, this last stanza uh, is the comfort of which that that is given to us that mm-hmm. that we find the comfort in the cross that Christ has has paid the penalty for all of our sin and that we are no longer um, you know making ourselves ready as you mentioned earlier um, because we of our own doing cannot do so but rather that Christ has has done all for us in our in our place What's beautiful about this is when God, you know, commands uh, uh, the prophet to comfort his people and I, and uh, uh, with the forgiveness of all of their sins. And John the Baptist comes to do the same. We know that it has to be the preaching of Jesus. We ju- we know it, and and then it, what a delight then to see it, b- because this is the the content of all of the Lord's promises towards us it is Jesus and His death in our place, uh, and, and the forgiveness that flows from His cross and His blood, and so. Uh, it's not like in Advent we go back and pretend that Jesus hasn't been born yet and we're waiting for him or something. No, we, we constantly, the Christian constantly rejoices in the forgiveness of the sins that comes from the cross of Jesus. We've been speaking with Dr. Leonard Payton. He's pastor at St. John's Lutheran Church in Browns Corners, Wisconsin. Dr. Payton, thank you so much for joining us uh, for this edition of Table Talk Radio. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for your insight. It's delightful to to hear the gospel from you too, and uh, and hopefully we'll have you on again soon to play the same game. Okay, very good. All right, I'll give all my points to Doctor Payton. Uh, he, so one hundred and ninety nine points for you, uh, Leonard. <laughs> Spend them wisely. 
I had the words in front of me, you know. <laughs> and, and I know it in the divinely inspired TLH version, so. <laughs> Very good. Well, actually, actually, I know it in the, 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 the LW version, which is different. But anyway, that, that's the way it is. Yes, it is. Well, the, they, uh, I, I have the, uh, the uh, Lutheran service book in front of me, and they seem to have gotten back to the, the wording of the TLH, so. Uh, they they lean more that way with this particular hymn, yeah. Yeah, so very good. All right, thank you so much, Dr. Payton. Okay, bye-bye. We'll be right back with Take more care. Table Talk Radio right after this break where we're playing Witch Ladder. Don't go away for that. We'll be right back. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. Thank you for that prompting. <laughs> go, get to it. <laughs> we were playing a Witch Ladder. This is a, this is a, a fun game that we play on Table Talk Radio. I don't think we've done it for a while, though. Have we, Pastor Wolf Mueller? I can't remember. I can't even remember what we did in our last segment. Oh, I, I remember you uh, didn't do so well. You got 200 points. I did better than ever. What are you doing? <laughs> That's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, in, in this game... Uh, which ladder? Uh, we we read a quotation. I think uh, Pastor Wolfmer has some quotations for us. She's going to read it, and we're going to determine which ladder uh, this person is climbing. And how this works? Uh, there, there's three ladders that that uh, three failed attempts that man used to to reach God. Let's see if I can get them. It's moralism. Is that right? Yes. Uh, mysticism or emotion. Right. Or uh, rationalism, the mind or Intellect, would that be right? Right. Very hey, nicely look at that. done. I get 200 points just remembering the ladders. <laughs> yeah, you act like you don't know them very well, so then sympathy points. <laughs> that's right. Well, what are they uh, teaching you up there at the seminary? Wait a minute. That's what you were doing this last game. Do, do I get a couple mercy points, please? <laughs> that's true. That's true. <laughs> hey, we're Lutheran. Um, for this for this uh, game, which ladder? We're going to determine whether the, this quotation climbs the, the moral ladder. That is, the, the ladder that, of uh, you got to do right, got to do wrong. And this is how you get to heaven. If you are a good person, if you have made the right choices, then uh, you will then get to heaven. Or the, the mysticism is through the emotion that... Um, that that you you I don't know how would you describe this that you you don't really get to heaven through emotion but the, the presence of God is felt through emotion how would you describe yeah, that mystic- mysticism this is the idea that God is present with us and that you have some sort of emo- it's that our emotions are the receptacle that God has given us to receive the awareness of His presence that's yeah, mysticism for you yes and then rationalism. Uh, through the mind, through the intellect, that we, that we know enough about God, or we we have figured out all the right answers, and that is the way of which uh, uh, we uh, will go to the afterlife, or have, or have found favor in God, in the eyes of God, or or uh, maybe not even in the eyes of God. We we discussed Richard Dawkins one time, who uh, who was climbing this ladder to uh, nothingness. I guess I don't know. Yeah, the, and the advantage of having these three ladders and distinguishing between them is we can always then diagnose. 
um, ourselves and the things that we hear, see, and read, and this sort of thing. So we can say, hey, wait a minute. I mean, it's really an inoculation against false doctrine. We can say, wait a minute, that sounds a lot like mysticism, or wait a minute, that sounds a lot like rationalism. And, and when, when we can name something, we can begin to uh, understand what's exactly is going on there. It's, by the way, an, er- an interesting thing to note is that the mystics are always accusing um, the Lutherans of being rationalistic. In other words, our concern for doctrine is a rationalizing tendency that we got to, if you know the doctrine right, then you can be saved. So it's the tendency of mysticism to accuse um, someone who's concerned with Christian orthodoxy of being rationalistic. Just an interesting aside. There it is. So let's hear the quotations you have for us for our diagnosis of ladder climbing. Yeah, uh, Seminarian Gagline has sent me some of these, and then I printed them off. He doesn't. Is your printer not working up there, or what? I just didn't have it pulled up. Two Rick Warren quotations. I thought this came Uh, from your your personal reading, your your devotion time. I haven't read Rick Warren in ages, so no. (laughs) Uh, And you, here's here's the first quote. And, And you know, when you've experienced grace and you feel like you've been forgiven, you're a lot more forgiving of other people. You're a lot more gracious to others. Hmm. You hmm. Know, is it possible to climb two ladders? Have you ever tried climbing two ladders at one time? It is possible in the game, yes. In fact, the no, I- strongest <laughs> false doctrine are uh, combinations of all the different ladders. That's uh, true. That's true. Yeah, true. Um, so I, I think what we start out with is the mysticism. Uh, read the first part again. And you know when you've experienced grace and you feel like you've been forgiven. Yeah, so that's playing off of the emotions. You know when you've experienced grace because you've felt it. Now, what if I what if I don't feel it? Or what does it feel like? That would be my first question. What does it feel like, first of all? And what if I don't feel it? Does that mean I, I haven't experienced Yeah, do you remember grace? when we did this table sc- scraps and we were interviewing Chris Tomlin and he says that worship is to get you into the presence of God and how do you know that you're there? That's the great question. What does, what does grace feel like? What does the forgiveness of sins feel like? What sort of sensation is it? Is it some sort of wa- warm, fuzzy feeling, some sort of um, uh, tingly, goosebumpy sort of thing or is it where we're swept out of ourselves and we see in visions the grace of God being poured out or something like this? I mean, I mean, the Bible doesn't speak to us uh, about these sorts of things. Uh, and that's really the problem, is that we're, we, we are not given in the Scriptures to feel God's grace, uh, but rather to hear God's grace. To not, it's not to feel forgiven, it's to hear the promise of forgiveness. That's, how, that's the form that forgiveness comes in, in the form of a promise. So I think you're right on this one, at least this first part is... Uh, is uh what do we call it mysticism the ladder of the emotions yeah i i was out uh at a restaurant with some of my seminary friends and we were sitting there uh, talking about infant baptism and the the waitress seemed very interested wait 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 wait, wait. stop wait, wait. She, she, there's a news flash there this is something write this down here seminary and gig line has friends i gotta make it <laughs> oh my gosh <laughs> anyway <laughs> wow this is re- and <laughs> this is great breaking no, news no, no. <laughs> I, I know this has been a while but once again when you're single you get to go out and have fun oh, yeah, with uh with your friends it's, it's been a, yeah <laughs> anyway so as, as we were talking about baptism the, the waitress seemed very interested and she broke in and said we're talking about infant baptism she said infant baptism is just a, a dedication she said, "But when you get older, you should you should you should get rebaptized." But she admitted she hadn't yet. <laughs> um, but l- later, she she's talking about 
this feeling that we're talking about, this feeling. And so we asked her, said, well, what is, how do I know that I have the right feeling? And she just said, well, you'll know. And so, well, what if, what if we don't have the feeling? She said, well, then you don't have the grace. And this is the this is the problem is the feelings come and go. I mean, I I have, you know, 30 different feelings in the course of the show, most of them being anger. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) but if feelings come and go, how how can we rest our assurance of our salvation on a feeling? That's right. I mean, that's exactly you lose that comfort that comes from the word of God outside of us when we try to internalize our uh, when we try to internalize our faith, internalize our emotions, internalize the promise of, of God's grace and mercy and this sort of thing, then it becomes unsure, sh- uh, shifting like the sands. I mean, especially when you have um, uh, emotionally unstable seminarians. Woo! <laughs> Anger. Yes, you're <laughs> above. You're above <laughs> such a... Hence the ang- angry feelings. Uh, anyway, okay, uh, so let's Dr. read the, the second part actually. of that quote. Here's the next quote. It's also Rick Warren. Uh, oh, did you want to say something else about the end of the quote? No, no, no. The, no the, yeah, yeah, I wanted yeah. the second You're half. You're a lot of that more quote. forgiving of other people. You're a lot more gracious to others. Aha. Uh-huh. So, uh, how do you know you've experienced grace because you're doing something? You're, you're forgiving others. You're a lot more gracious to other people. And this is the ladder of moralism, that, that we can rest our salvation on the fact that we're helping other people. And that, that's a, a, an equally dangerous game to play because uh, uh, I don't forgive everyone perfectly. I'm not gracious to everyone, especially my co-host. <laughs> don't worry. I don't hold your sin against you. I, but look, this is, there's something mar- <laughs> like when you read Luther's large catechism on the, on the Lord's Prayer, and he says uh, he's commenting on the fact that um, for, the petition, forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us, that our own forgiving of other people is, in, is an indication that the Holy Spirit is working in us uh, because it's only through the forgiveness that comes from Christ that we can then extend the Lord's mercy to each other, which is why it's so important to know that we're forgiven. To know that by the promise of God, by his absolution, by his word of forgiveness. Because then when we have the certainty that our sins are forgiven, then uh, we're set free to not hold grudges against other people and and freely forgive them. Uh, So the Lord sets us free to do that. But if we're captive to our own feeling or sensation of forgiveness, uh, then we also have the temptation to, uh, to be captive to our own good works that we, we have our confidence when we see ourselves doing good, uh, that, well, it, it must mean that, uh, that we are good. No, we, we are not enslaved to our emotions or to our will. We are set free by the Lord's word of forgiveness. Absolutely right. Okay, I think we're ready to move right, on to the next We're going to run out now. of time, so I think you're going to have to answer the latter question on the other side of the break. But here's the quote. Worship is a powerful witness to unbelievers. If God's presence is felt and if the message is understandable, God's presence must be sensed in the service. More people are won to Christ by feeling God's presence than by all our apologetic arguments combined. Few people, if any, are converted to Christ on purely intellectual grounds. It is the sense of God's presence that melts the heart and explodes mental barriers. Whoa. Okay. Uh, well, um, well, 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 should we just answer that on the other side of the break then? Um, on the other side of the I break, we'll come back. It gives you, that gives you uh, some time to think about this one and try to um, and consider it. And all those you listening, think to yourself too. The quote you just heard, is that telling us to climb the ladder of our morality or of our emotions or of our minds? 
uh, and we'll be back to talk about it in just a few minutes. Sure. And in the meantime, um, if you don't know the answer, you can call us at 866-851-5523. And uh, <laughs> you by. can ask us questions. We like to respond to those questions and uh, on the air once in a while. So if you have any questions, call us 866-851-5523. We're right back. More Table Talk Radio right after this commercial break. Martin Luther says that the most common idol in all of the world is the idol of money, that we trust in it, that we fear losing it, that we think that because we have it, we're secure. Here at Table Talk Radio, we have the solution for this idolatry. Click the Donate Now button on our website, and you will support the ongoing efforts of Table Talk Radio to spread this word of God uh, throughout the world. Worship is a powerful witness to unbelievers if God's presence is felt and if the message is understandable. God's presence must be sensed in the service. More people are won to Christ by feeling God's presence than by all our apologetic arguments combined. Few people, if any, are converted to Christ on purely intellectual grounds. It's the sense of God's presence that melts the heart and explodes mental barriers. All right. Welcome back to Table Talk Radio. We're playing uh, which ladder? And we're trying to determine whether the, the quotation just read by Rick Warren is climbing the moralism ladder, the mysticism ladder, or the rationalism ladder. <laughs> and um, I, I agree with this quote in as much as he says that no one is one to Christ by intellectualism. Yeah, uh, that would be the rational ladder. In this, tendency, this is great that uh, uh, yeah, th- that the mystical ladder always condemns the rationalistic ladder. It's an amazing sort of thing, and that's precisely what's done here. It's feelings over intellect. And so when someone has an emotionally-based religion, they're always going to be accusing others of having a mentally-based religion. These two mat- uh, ladders, moralism and mysticism, are in combat with one another. It's really intriguing. Uh, that's right. And, of course, hey, this is this is a terrible teaching that—, that um, more people are, are, are what, what did it say, brought to Christ? More is people that, are won to Christ by, by feeling God's, God's presence. presence. Oh, that's terrible. Um, no one has, has been brought to Christ by feeling God's presence. Remember what, remember what uh, God's presence would mean for us apart from Christ? What? It would mean... Yeah, yeah it ahead. means our destruction. It means the end of us. Uh, whenever, uh, even, even when the saints of old are brought into the presence of angels, it just about undoes them. And whenever they stand before the glory of God, they, remember Isaiah in the Holy, 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 Isaiah 6 chapter, when he sees the holiness of God there and the Trinity enthroned, and, and he says, Woe is me, I am undone. There's a prayer in the Old Testament that God would not uh, bring us into his bare presence because we know that this means to see the face of God means our, our destruction. That's why God clothes himself in the flesh of Christ and comes to and brings his presence to us mediated through the gospel. That's how we have God's gracious presence and promises. Uh, and so this is it's a dangerous kind of thing, both of New Age religion and of all the other different forms of mysticism, even Christian mysticism, is this desire for the unmediated presence of God. Because that unmediated presence, if the Lord would answer that prayer, it would undo us, it would destroy us. 
That's right. I, I do want to say this, that faith comes from hearing and hearing the word of God. And so if he's critical of people who would go out and simply proclaim the word of God. Now, that's not we're not trying to intellectualize that, but faith comes from hearing and hearing. So we're going to speak words to people who are without faith. We're going to say we're going to we're going to speak the gospel. Uh, that that is no ladder of all that we don't, we're, the, the teaching of Christianity is not that we climb a ladder, whether, whether it be moralism, uh, mysticism, rationalism, or or even Pastor Wolf Miller's uh, step ladder. Um, it, it's no ladder at all, but rather that that God comes to us and He does so uh, by taking on flesh in the person of Jesus, bears our sin in His His perfect life and His crucifixion um, on the cross, and so He comes to us. It's no ladder, and so. That's the that's the gospel I want to proclaim to those who who are in disbelief, and uh, in, in God's pure word, law, and gospel. And so that that's not an intellectual argument. It's it's speaking forth God's word. And so if Rick Warren is critical of that, he he is sorely mistaken. Yeah, and it's not only the word that we want to speak, but it's also the word that we want to hear. I mean, this is the word that gives us life and joy and peace. Uh, so that we delight both in in being able to speak the Lord's word of comfort that He comes to us to forgive our sins, but also we want to be able to hear that over and over and over again every day of our lives, that the Lord Jesus loves us and he doesn't despise us even though he ought to, but rather dies for us to have us as his children. So uh, marvelous work, Seminarian Gagline, on that. I'm going to give you 10,000 points, bringing your total to 10,200 points. I will need those when we play Table Talk Jeopardy. True. Which is what's next, Table Talk Jeopardy. You don't even know what category I have for you today. We just have a few minutes before the show's go, so let's get it started. You got the theme song? Okay, good enough. You ready? Here's your category. (laughs) Saint, the Saints Days of November and December. Uh oh. Okay. So you got five. uh, You got five uh, questions here, and uh, and so you can one hundred, two hundred, three hundred, four hundred, five hundred. Can I can I look at the the hymnal and see what? Because um, I had this hymnal sitting here from when you did terrible on on yeah. don't forget the lyrics. Can I look at the Saint Days or is that forbidden? Uh, yeah, you can look if you want. I don't. It's fine with me. Good. Open book test. Look, you got to be soft for seminarians. I'll tell you what. <laughs> got to take it easy on them. They have tender consciences. Are we gonna yeah, play what or what? Category? You want one hundred? <laughs> All right. Yeah. 100. Known as All Hallows Day. This day uh, was preserved for thanking God for the faithful departed. Okay, I think this is All Saints Day, which is celebrated on November 1st. You are right, All Saints Day. Uh, So it it was called All Hallows Day, which is how the day before, October 31st, was called All Hallows Eve. Uh, Then that's how we got the Halloween uh, name. Uh, but it's a day for thanking God for the saints that have gone before us. And and here's a point to make. Uh, you know, one of the the big questions in the Reformation was the role that the saints played, those who had died in the faith, the role that they played uh, in, in the church. And the confessions, while they said that both the scriptures don't command us to pray to the saints and that there's a confusing practice to pray to the saints, they did say that there's an honor uh, that we give to the saints. And it's a threefold honor. So those of you taking notes... Uh, you can uh, jot this down. First, that we give thanks to God for the saints because he's in the saints, shown us example of his mercy, that he wants to save men, that he gives teachers to the church, and we rejoice in these gifts of God. 
The second service we give to the saints, or that the saints serve in the church, is they strengthen our faith. For example, when we see like Peter and his denial and that the Lord forgives him, this strengthens our faith that we know that even in, in the midst of our sin, the Lord strengthens us. And the third honor given to the saints is imitation, that we imitate their faith in God. And then according to our calling, uh, we try to imitate them as well. So we see in the scriptures, for example, King David was a good king. So if you happen to be a king and, and are listening to the show, uh, you should follow the example of King David uh, and and rule like he does. Uh, there's not many radio hosts in the imitation. scriptures, so there's... Imitation. <laughs> You're writing this. <laughs> yeah, I'm taking notes. Yeah, okay, got it. I'm going to save those for when I have to write yeah, a paper good. on this. <laughs> or you can just look in the Apology of the Augsburg Confession, uh, Article 21. <clears throat> Hey, what, how do you think my professors would react if I if I cited Table Talk Radio for one of my papers? <laughs> That'd be great. <laughs> I don't know. Try it. Report back. Oh, I will. Man. Yes. Okay. Uh, let's go for 200. 200 then. The first Sunday in Advent is always the Sunday closest to this Saint's Day. Ooh, I sh- uh, I know this. It is. Um, <laughs> oh. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Boop. You even have your hymnal open I know there? this, too. Well, I wasn't going to cheat on the dates. I was just going to look at the yeah, the yeah. reference. That's just that's an outward cheating, you know, just to look at the dates. I, I'm going to guess okay. here because I'm not sure. Uh, I want to say Justin Martyr, but I don't think that's right. That's wrong. You are wrong. Sorry about that. Uh, the answer is St. Andrew's Day, November 30th. This is just no, hardly. Who knows this out there? Are you listening? Do you know the answer to this? That uh, that's the Sunday closest to St. Andrew's is always the first Sunday in Advent. That's just the way it works out. November thirtieth, St. Andrew's Day. The patron saint of what? Scotland and soccer or something. St. Andrew, <laughs> Peter's brother. <laughs> I think so. Yeah, yeah. Good. All right. Well, that deducts two hundred for me, so I'm down to ten thousand. Well, you got a chance here on three hundred for <laughs> uh, for this next one. The commemoration. Remember, this is November, December. This commemoration of the first martyr reminds us that the birth of Jesus brings a kingdom that is assaulted by the devil. That would have to be Saint right. Stephen. Right, you are Saint Stephen's Day, and the date for that? Uh, December something. Right, twenty sixth. In fact, we have three saints' days right after Christmas. But isn't this amazing that right the day after Christmas is St. Stephen's? So we have the birth of Jesus and the death of his martyrs, uh, which is a kind of a marvelous sort of thing, is that the, Jesus himself is born into a kingdom which comes by crucifixion. And Stephen sheds his blood, uh, which is the, the dispersion of the church to the Gentile world. It's, it's a wonderful sort of thing that we see. Uh, as you put those days right next to each other. So you have the the white uh, color of Christmas, the inco- color of the Incarnation, and then the very next day you have the red color of the saint's blood. And it was Luther who I think quoted one of the church fathers that says the church grows b- by being watered by the blood of the saints. Wonderful. Very good. And I think that's going to draw us to the end Whoa. of this edition of Table Talk Radio, where I come out with 10... Thousand four hundred points, and I gave all my points away to Doctor Payton. Yes, you have nothing to show for yourself. A generous heart. <laughs> we're going to remember. We're going to remember this day for a long time in Table Talk Radio. <laughs> oh boy! Well, thanks for tuning into Table Talk Radio. Uh, maybe you should apologize, Pastor Wolf Miller. For I'm sorry. <laughs> sorry you had to listen to us, but the moment you've all been waiting for the end of the show. <laughs> thanks for tuning in. I'll see you next week. <laughs> 
You've been listening to Table Talk Radio. The views expressed on this show are that of the hosts and do not reflect the views or opinions of this station. We would like to answer your questions concerning theology, the scriptures, or anything else. Send your questions to questions at tabletalkradio.org or leave us a voicemail message, 866-851-5523. Be sure to check out our website, tabletalkradio.org. Thanks for listening and tune in again next time to Table Talk Radio.